0: Welcome, Dragons, to episode 17 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. This week we have Russ Emanuel, director of the movie Occupants, which just picked up second place overall at the Phoenix Comic-Con Film Festival. I really enjoyed watching this movie. I really enjoyed talking about it with Russ. On the podcast, we talk about where you're going to get an opportunity to see the movie at a few film festivals in the Los Angeles area uh, and a few comic cons across the United States. Uh, also check the show notes for those really a great movie. They are currently working on getting it on demand. So Netflix, Hulu, something along those lines, keep an eye out for that. Obviously keep updated with us on social media. We will be tweeting and Facebooking, Instagramming that out once we have, Uh, more information. So just follow us and uh, stay tuned. Also, as you know, we are still doing our iTunes contest. So go ahead, leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, take a screenshot, shoot it over to me at Ken at DumbbellsAndDragons.com or tweet it at me at DumbbellsDragon. Also, if you pay attention to this podcast, I do mention an opportunity to win some other prizes if you come to the Occupant screening at San Diego Comic-Con. So keep an ear out for that. Hope to see you there. Until then, work out, nerd out. In the basement, rolling dice. Rolling dice. I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candle slicker. Fighting dragons in my mind. In my mind. Just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll a DC. Hey Dragons, welcome to another episode of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast where we mix nerd and fitness culture to break down barriers. Today I am being joined by Russ Emanuel, director of the new movie Occupants, which has been, in my mind, cleaning up some awards. At least it just won second place at the Phoenix Comic Con Film Festival. Russ, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me on.
0: Oh, absolutely you're very welcome thank you for being here you uh, we were just talking a little bit ago how uh, you hit the gym this morning how was that
1: it was good because uh, one thing in my business uh, it you get very stressful so going to the gym definitely helps to um, get rid of that energy or that uh, pent-up stress if you will so for me it's kind of a, a my release And then I'm able to do an interview like we're doing now, and I sound somewhat normal.
0: (laughs) I know the feeling sometimes when I get talking, I just, if I've got all that pent up energy, pent up
1: stress, I'm just chattering at a mile a minute. Yes, yes. So you don't want to hear me as the Energizer Bunny. (laughs) Hear me as a very calm and logical director. That's what I frame myself as right now. Excellent,
0: excellent. So real quick, before we jump into some things, tell everyone out there a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, well, I'm my name is Russ Manuel. I'm a director of a film. It's called Occupants, um, as was mentioned. Um, this is actually my fourth feature film. Um, my first one's called PJ. It stars uh, John Hurd and Robert Picardo. Um, the second one's called Chasing the Green. It has Jeremy London, Ryan Hurst, William Devane. And again, Robert Picardo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sensing a theme.
1: Yes. And then uh, Legends of Nathaya is my third one. And that one stars Robert Picardo. (laughs) (laughs) And then this is uh, my fourth feature film, Occupants, which again has Robert Picardo. So yeah, Bob (laughs) Bob and I have worked together um, actually five times. We also did a documentary called Restoration of Paradise, uh, which is about the Bolshevika wetlands. So four feature films. Um, I... I was born in, uh, the, I guess, the Alameda, San Francisco area, but I don't really remember it because (laughs) I was four when I moved. I moved to Tokyo uh, for a year, moved back, uh, went to Long Beach and Los Angeles area, and then I went to Kobe, Japan um, from eighth grade to twelfth grade. So I got a very international uh, view of life if you will, because I went to an international high school okay. uh, called Canadian Academy. And that really has influenced me. Now Kobe is known for well Kobe Bryant and Kobe Beef. <laughs> so that's Kobe. And then I went to the University of Southern California okay. um, where I studied uh, cinema, international relations, and Japanese. I was able to get into the cinema program there because I did a um, – a, it was a Star Trek uh, episode during my senior – year of high school we had to do a project that took the whole year and it took time money and effort so I said hey let me make a Star Trek episode so that's what I did now in retrospect I look back at that episode and it's pretty amateurish I think in my (laughs) opinion I'm a perfectionist but you know back then it did give me an A and it did get me into the cinema school so I guess it worked and um, yeah I still have the Star Trek outfits by the way (laughs) 21 years later and they still hold up I used them um, at a convention uh, was it earlier this year or last year and and myself and the writer of occupants Julian Cameron we both wore it so if you go to our Facebook page you can see it that's excellent yeah. that's really funny and you know there's also
0: some Star Trek fans that have had their uniforms for 21 years so <laughs>
1: well I'm telling you these um, I bought them for 75 bucks each in 1994 so these are 1994 prices right okay and it's worth the money because they they still look good they still look good (laughs) and thankfully I guess because of fitness you know I'm just trying to type (laughs) it there then I'm able to still wear it
0: so
1: yeah I mean I'm um and ironically it was the doctor's outfit which you know go figure you know 10 years later I'd be working with them so so anyways I went to USC uh graduated in 2000 then went to my rival school UCLA (laughs) <laughs> for the UCLA Extension Program, uh, where I met my uh, filmmaking partner, uh, Emil, Emil Harris is his name, and he and I have been making films together since 2002. We started with a short film called Her Night. Then we did a, uh, an award-winning film called Girl with Gun. And Girl with Gun is the one that got me uh, you know, everywhere. I went to a lot of festivals, won a lot of awards, and it got the uh, attention of uh, my producer, of all my films, uh, the feature films, Howard Nash. Now, the highlight of that uh, film, Girl with Gun, was the San Diego Comic-Con, um, okay. the film festival part of it, which I'm very grateful to announce that we are now going to be part of it again for Occupants. So it's kind of like, thank you, it's kind of like a uh, a, home, a homecoming, if you will. You know, the circle is now complete kind of feeling. Yeah. So that film, Girl with Gun, is the reason why um, the producer took a liking to my work. And then he's like, Russ, I have this project called PJ and it has John Hurt attached. And if you could find the money, the other half of the money, because he raised half, then you could direct the film. And I was able to find the other half, um, with as an investor in Tennessee. And how, how long ago was that? That's when I was uh, in my twenties. So (laughs) that's, um, 2006.
0: Okay. So this was the days before crowdfunding. This was the days before
1: Kickstarter. Exactly. Yes, yes. In fact, uh, we didn't try crowdfunding until Occupants. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this was 2006, and I've never done a feature... I've never worked with name actors. I, it's, it was very new to me, and because John Hurd, who of, of course was in Home Alone, of course when he was attached, so was Robert Picardo, so was Vincent Pastore The Sopranos, Hallie Kate Eisenberg, she was the Pepsi Girl, uh, Glennis O'Connor. I mean, we you, we have a stellar cast here, and it's all because of Howard Nash. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Howard gave me the opportunity to direct um, PJ. And I remember when we were shooting that film, uh, it was during the Christmas season of two thousand six to seven. Now, of course, the only days we had off were Christmas Day and New Year's Day. And guess what I did on those days?
0: I don't know. What were you doing? Laundry.
1: <laughs> there was nothing I mean, I had no other time. I was uh my brother and his then girlfriend now his wife. Um uh, they um took me to a new year's because they they live over there in new york we shot in new york by the way for that film it was a beautiful place to shoot and they had this new york uh this party you know like it was not just them it was they um, it was like at this nice trendy bar and i remember i stayed awake till 1205 after the new year's and i said okay i gotta go to bed <laughs> It was very, it was very stressful 17-day shoot, but in the end, I'm very, very happy with that project. Excellent. Um, okay. And yeah, I mean, that's my first feature film. Just to work with those actors and just the script was stellar. Everything about it was stellar. And that got me then chasing the green, Nathaya, now occupants.
0: Where, where can we find your old, your old stuff?
1: Ah, my old stuff. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, well, PJ, I think um, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Netflix, the DVDs, not the streaming. Okay. Uh, Jason Green is now on Amazon Prime. Okay. Because I've been watching it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so I know it's there. It's um, You can see it. If you have Amazon Prime, then you can just uh, uh, go right now to your app and watch the film. And if uh, and that's free if you have the Prime service, yeah. of course. Uh, Nathaya, um, uh, also that film's on Netflix too. Okay. But Nathaya, um, you could see it on Amazon Prime, but it's not the uh, Prime, like you have to purchase it. Okay. It's like for two ninety nine, you purchase it and you yeah. can watch it. Now, the good thing about this film, and this took me by surprise, we got a theatrical release in Germany. Now, Well, I was scratching my head. Okay, now, we don't deal with the, um, you know, selling to the different territories. You know, there's, like, uh, all these foreign sales and domestic. Domestic is USA and California, uh, USA and Canada, and then uh, foreign is everywhere else. We have a foreign distributor that handles that. So we were surprised, my producer and I, that we got a theatrical release in Germany. Now, it turns out the reason is because they love Picardo. (laughs) <laughs> now we didn't realize that that Picardo was like this big household name, almost as big as David Hasselhoff. <laughs> I'm going okay, you know, I mean that's great because they also gave us gave us a Blu-ray uh, 3D release.
0: Oh, that's really and it's cool. like
1: Von Chronicles, Nathia or Fantasia or something like that. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't. I bought I bought it just for posterity's sake. I haven't opened it. It's in the wrapper. But I'm like going, "Well, yeah, it's 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 my film. It's in German and it has, you know, it's a 3D." Yeah. <laughs> we never shot it in 3D, but why not? So, if you want any of that, you can go on Amazon. You can go on eBay. I've seen it on eBay too. Um, okay. but if you want the American version, then it's Amazon Prime. Okay. Um, well, where so we are.
0: Before uh I well, everyone can find. I will link everyone to to amazon for each individual film so if anything has caught somebody's ear and they want to take a look at any of these uh they can just go to our show notes page and then they'll
1: be directed uh to amazon for you oh and one more thing uh, sec- second film uh, the chasing the green film uh it's not just it's about two brothers and they make it like big in the credit card industry so it's based on a true story but chasing the green could be money but what what else could chasing the green mean
0: I want to say, could it be, like, something jealousy-wise?
1: No, no, I'm bringing in the sports Oh, soccer? The green, um, it's golf. Oh. So golf plays a a major role in the film. (laughs) Man, I was was way off.
0: I was way off. Golf is nowhere near soccer. (laughs) Okay. I just got done watching the first game of the Euro Cup, so I've got soccer on the brain.
1: Oh no problem uh, well, well and and uh, an occupants, you know, you could hear a football game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of occupants, that's what that is why you're here. That is your new movie. That one has been making the rounds and been doing great. I just saw it. I wanna say Wednesday night, um, and I was blown away. No, thank you. Um, and I, I wanna I have met some people who love indie movies for the sake that they are indie movies. Mm-hmm. It's like any indie movie is good and can do no wrong and is the greatest thing on the planet. I think of indie movies as the same ratio as mainstream movies, and you're going to have the good and the bad. Um, it's just sometimes with indie movies, the bad ones are <laughs> uh, none in specific none specifically but yours I thought it it was riveting I was I was in I was really engrossed in the story and the characters and the acting and this is a funny story I wanted to tell you earlier during like the second half climax when things are happening my wife comes downstairs and is asking me questions about the movie. And normally I can be like, okay, honey, this is, you know, get her up to speed and then turn around and keep watching the movie. But I was like, no, I am engrossed. I need to watch this. I'm not going to answer any of your questions right now, honey. I will talk to you when the movie is over. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I
1: appreciate that. So <laughs> yeah.
0: um, t- tell us a little bit about Occupants. Uh, Give us a little brief synopsis of the story and things like that.
1: Okay. Well, Occupants, and uh, I'm going to be reading a rendition of it from the website here. Occupants is about a young couple who plan and produce a clean living documentary, setting up cameras all over their house to document their newly created lifestyle. And um, basically what happens is the cameras capture a parallel version of themselves from another dimension. Um and their doubles soon began begin threatening them. Um and this our couple, the one that, you know, our main protagonist, he must find a way to close that portal. Now they contact uh Dr. Alan Peterson of the Peterson Research Institute for help. He has helped before and he's played by Robert Picardo. So he's helped our uh Annie Curtis, our documentarian, uh the one that, you know, basically I guess, uh, the, the, the uh, what do you call it? Uh, this found footage thing, right? This video. And, you know, he gives them advice or not, but basically this is a found footage film. Then it becomes a science fiction film. Then it just goes to pure horror. <laughs> and I don't want to give away the plot, but, uh, you know, um, I would say just just watch it and you can form your own opinion about the film. So basically for me, the reason I liked it, this is a character study. It's a very psychological film for me. Um, And I like dichotomy. It could be because I'm like of two different cultures. You know, I have the American side and the Japanese side, right? And I'm half white and half Japanese. So I know all about dichotomy. And a lot of my films deal with that. Now, this film was purely... Purely a, a, a psychological conflict of a film. You know, you have Annie Curtis, but then you have parallel Annie Curtis. And there are two very different characters, and yet they're the same person.
0: Well, and, and there's the, the character name that was coined by Keith and Ben over at the 2Gay Geeks podcast. <laughs> uh, it's Annie and Dark Annie because Dark Annie just has brown hair instead of blonde hair. Yeah,
1: yeah. Dark, Dark Annie is uh, definitely a uh, not just because of her hair, but because of her personality. She's definitely a darker person. But but the thing is, look, think about it. Look, you are Annie Curtis. Let's say if you're Annie Curtis, right? You think you're a great person. You're 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 very good, right? I mean, you you treat everybody well. You have a nice life. You have a wonderful husband, right? But you see, Dark Annie, you know, her life is depressing. She hates her job. her husband is not exactly very nice and she turns out and again i don't want to spoil anything but let's just say she has psychopathic tendencies so if your parallel version has psychopathic tendencies don't you want to start downing your own self you're the same person so if your counterpart can do that doesn't that mean maybe you can be uh, become that way and so that's why i love this film it, it's a it's a case of self-doubt she doubts herself she doubts her husband her wonderful husband who parallel version is very dark so it's like okay who do i trust at this point you know cool. and that's why i like this film and and i i thought that was great but it's it the word dark is so
0: fitting because like even the the color scheme that is used is darker. Um, And I think that's just, it kind of like, it just smacks you in the face with, this is a darker reality. This is a more dangerous reality. But what I kept going back to and some of the questions that I had that made me so, so engaged with the film was... I want to know – it it, it kind of goes back to the theory of infinite universes, mm-hmm. where every decision you make spawns off another reality where you made that opposite decision. Mm-hmm. I really want to go back to the decision that Annie made to go into our protagonist world, the world we're originally introduced to. And what that opposite decision was that dark Annie made that made her – that led her down this dark path.
1: Well, you know, it's funny you say that. Look, um, and I, I, I want to give a shout-out to my, my actors, the when, the ones who played all this. Now, Annie Curtis was played by Brianna White, and she's brilliant. She is just incredible. I am so happy she is Annie Curtis. Yeah. I mean, she really made the film.
0: I have such a compliment for her, but I want I want to let you finish before I give her the compliment <laughs> –
1: Okay. And then, uh, Michael Pagliassi, uh, he plays Neil Curtis and he did an, an equally incredible job, you know, and their, their, uh, uh, camaraderie, you know, as ha- husband and wife. The fact is they only met each other a couple days before the shoot. So, you know, I meant it, it's a, it's a testament to their acting abilities that they can pull it off. That's my, you know, honest opinion as a director. And of course, Robert Picardo, you know, he's Robert Picardo, uh, <laughs> You know, good old Bob. You know, Bob, thank you for being part of Occupants. And, um, you know, you're, you're talking about um, just uh, about the darker look. That was Emil Harris again, the one, the one I mentioned, right? He was the director of photography. He was also the editor. Now, he and I came up with that color scheme in pre-production. And same thing was Tatiana Kulanoff, production designer. Uh, we wanted uh, the real world to be more colorful uh, you know all of the paintings and uh the the artwork they, they had smooth edges everything was very nice right and colorful the parallel version everything is ad- angular and jagged and you know it's like Alex you can like prick yourself kind of yeah. like you know so it's it's a it's a darker reality we we decided that in pre-production Nina Manelli costume designer same thing outfits you know real world colorful Parallel world, really dark. Which honestly, I kind of wear more the parallel world stuff. <laughs> I like the black and the silver color, but that's just me. Um, so I can kind of understand the parallel world, by the way. Yeah. Then, then we have Alicia Vajonas, who was the makeup artist. Same thing again. You know, she's the one who helped with the uh, blonde Annie versus the brunette Annie and uh, uh, facial hair. Neil versus the parallel one where he looks more like a military grunt, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of look. So, you know, she's the one who uh, we all decided that. So, you know, it's a testament to all these people. And, you know, I mean, I can keep going on and on. There's Jorge (laughs) Hernandez, gaffer with the lighting. He works very closely with uh, Emile Harris. And then we have uh, Jennifer Durst who plays – who was the UPM, but she was also evil hands, we call her. She was the uh, the parallel double. Because in some scenes, you have parallel Annie interacting with real Annie. Now, of course, that's not possible. So she was our double, and she became, quote-unquote, evil hand. So you know, you go on and on. All these people make it possible for all this to come together. And, of course, music. I'm going to go on and on here. I mean, the composer, Vasilis Melesis, his score, and the sound designer. You're talking about sound, Sean Fahimian. Anyway, go ahead. No, no, I wanted I wanted
0: to bring it back to Brianna and Michael because their on-screen chemistry as as normal
1: Annie um was, uh, was great. you wanted backstory, right? That's um, where where we veered no. into another parallel world. No, I'm
0: no, just, just saying, I'm just saying, save it for the prequel.
1: No, I, I actually created a uh, backstory for the actors. Okay. As a director, I, I want my, uh, you know, uh, I think it's very necessary to give your actors uh, a backstory. Absolutely. As to where their characters came from. So for me, that, that point where everything veered in two different directions was uh, right out of high school. They were like high school sweet uh, sweethearts, right? One, they married uh, out of love. The other one, they married out of wedlock. Okay. And that's where it, ve- it veered for them. Because the husband, in the parallel world, never wanted a child. Okay. And so multiple times, let's say some things happened where she was never able to get pregnant. Now in the real world, on the other hand, they married out of love, everything just clicked for them. It's like you know our actress she kind of uh, described this in the TG Geeks interview by the way where in for her the, in the real uh, the real world I guess you know the real the prime one yeah um, the stars just aligned perfectly for Annie and Neil Curtis. But for the parallel version, they were just slightly askew. Okay. So it's like almost like it's like, oh, I'm this close. And I could have reached it, but I didn't. You know, it was like so close and yet so far. Whereas the real version, they did reach it. And they were able to accomplish everything that they wanted to.
0: Oh, excellent. That's, that's that, the difference. That's kind of where my my head went is that something happened back in the day – that kind of triggered them going down instead of essentially instead of choosing a path like mm-hmm. choosing to get married out of love, being feeling obligated to get exactly. married. Yes, and that's kind of that's kind of where my my imagination went with it. But I did I did want to say about uh, Brianna and Mike, their on screen chemistry as the in love couple is great i thought it was very natural and wonderful and then but their on screen hatred It's 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 palpable in in the dark world it's just you can feel like it got to the point where i was like tense on my couch i was like oh my gosh this is so uncomfortable because they just don't like each other. I was shouting at the com- at the not the computer, the TV. Get a divorce! Just get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> That'll solve all the problems. No, um, but Brianna and the way she portrayed Annie and Dark Annie reminded me so much of Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black, if everyone out there knows Orphan Black, where she plays, sometimes she plays eight or nine different characters, and sometimes she'll play character A playing character B, and you can totally tell that it's character A playing character B. And I just thought Brianna was totally there. I would... If and when there may be a sequel, I don't know. I would love to see Brianna playing Dark Annie, pretending to be Annie, or vice versa.
1: Well, if you watch the film, yeah, we do give subtle hints. Yeah. Again, I don't want to spoil the film for anybody out there. Um, Uh,
0: Hashtag no spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I, I could gush over this movie for a long,
1: long time. Oh. oh, please do. I, I <laughs> no. No, no, seriously, no. Thank you.
0: What What does Occupants have coming up next? Where are you guys, where can people catch you next?
1: Okay, so as you mentioned, we just finished Phoenix, the Phoenix Comic Con. Uh, we won uh, the second place Best of the Fest, which for us, we were just very stoked. And we were just incredibly happy. Uh, I've, I've personally never won an award like that before. So oh, for me, it's like, wow. Uh, our next event is the Florida Supercon. And the Florida Supercon, it's actually uh, the film festival part of it. Um, and we will be there um, during July 1st through 4th uh, of, in a couple weeks. And that's at the Miami Convention Center. So if anybody's in Miami, Florida, please come on by. We're going to have three screenings of the film. Uh, Saturday, July 2nd at 5.15 p.m. Uh, Sunday, July 3rd at 5 p.m., and then the final screening on um, July 4th, Independence Day, (laughs) at noon. And uh, Picardo will also be there. Oh, excellent. Picardo will be there. We're going to also have a a panel uh, discussion about the making of the film on Friday. I think that's at, if I'm not mistaken, that's around 3 o'clock. But if you go to the Florida Supercon schedule, you'll see all
0: this. And I will include... I will include links to Florida SuperCon as well as your schedule, where people can see the panel and occupants and anything else related <laughs> to that appearance.
1: Yeah, so I mean, right now we're uh, even before this. One reason I went to the gym is uh, to de-stress <laughs> because look, I, I have to uh, coordinate all this, you know, with the producer. Uh, we're gonna have uh, the producers coming, uh, our lead actors coming. Um, you know, Michael Paliassi from Canada, that's where he lives. The executive producer Prem Singh is coming. Uh, Robert Picardo will be there uh, the composer lives in Miami Excellent. and he'll be there and you know it's just you know uh, you have to coordinate everybody you have to get everybody's tickets you have to make sure that you know we, we have a table too by the way we have a table um, and I was talking to the uh, festival director his name is Kurt Donath very nice guy and our table is at A15 so A as in Apple 15 Excellent. So if anybody wants to see any behind-the-scenes materials, and we have a lot. I'm talking <laughs> e minutes of behind-the-scenes materials. Well, guess what? We're going to bring it. You're going to see it. We're going to have one sheets. We're going to have our poster. You're going to have the whole shebang. So please join us. Excellent. That's our next event. Excellent. And then you guys are going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. Yes, and it's not called San Diego Comic-Con. It's called Comic-Con. Oh, my because bad. Comic-Con if you know the history, is the original Comic Con. Yes. That is the granddaddy of Comic Cons, um, and that one last year had a hundred sixty-five thousand people. I know, I was there. It was. Oh, you were there. Uh, um, I've I've gone. Oh, pa- then you got to come to our screening this year. It will be on Saturday, July. 23rd at 10 45 PM. Now at first we thought 10 45 PM was a curse, but it turns out it's actually really good because that's when all the deals are made. This is when after, you know, a long day at the convention, people want to unwind. So what, what do you think people want to do? Grab a drink and go watch a film. So from what I hear, it's actually a very good time. Excellent. Well, yeah. um, here's and what... that's at the Marriott, by the way, not at the convention center. So all the films are screening at the Marriott.
0: Okay, real quick. I am going to say this right now. I am promising you that I will be at the Occupant screening 1045 Saturday Comic-Con, the original Comic-Con, San Diego (laughs) Um, (laughs) Comic-Con, and the first five people that come up to me and and, and stay for the screening and give me – hold on, I'm thinking – and come up and talk to me and use the password Dark Annie. I will have a special prize for them. So, everyone out there going to San Diego Comic-Con, remember that. Come find me at the screening. I'll be in a Dumbbells and Dragons t-shirt. You'll get a prize.
1: Okay. I can't wait for my prize.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you're going to be there already. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um. Well, that's excellent. I'm super excited. Although 10:45 is way past my bedtime, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna, gonna do it for late. you. late,
1: yes. I but you know it's Comic Con. You know, oh, yeah. it's not like we could say it, we were happy. We are very happy we got into Comic Con, so I, I I can't say anything. Uh, what Just good thoughts for Comic Con.
0: Here's a question: What are you? A Are you gonna have time to see anything else at Comic Con? Go to any of your uh, any other panels or any other screenings?
1: yes one thing about getting into the comic-con we got into the film festival by the way so it's the comic-con uh international independent film festival that's the official uh title of this um festival basically so it's not uh san diego comic-con it's the festival part of comic-con basically okay so yeah and so by by getting in we actually get six badges um that's for everything and from what i hear it's it's uh I know people want those badges. I get it. <laughs> it includes the, the – uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the preview day. Yes. So basically it's for all of it. So what we're planning to do is go for at least two of the days and to just geek out. Because one thing about me, if you ever um, – and you could ask uh, Ben and Keith about this from TG Geeks, but <sighs> I um, – I just like to go to all these, uh, I, I just like to go to the, uh, what do you call it, uh, see all the cos- the cosplaying, yeah. and I like taking photos, and I want to go to the panels, and I, I just want to geek out, so I am a geek at heart, and you know what, I'm going to be doing that. So yeah, I've obviously, for that day when we're screening, I'm probably going to be very focused on occupants, but then on Sunday, I just want to just pure geek out, I'm relaxed, and you know everything's done, and we could just go have a ball and a blast, so yeah, I'm definitely going to be doing that
0: excellent that's excellent are there is there any fandom or any sort of yeah i'm just gonna say fandom. is there any fandom that you geek out about the most like are you a marvel guy are you a video game guy uh and what what are you
1: most looking forward to geeking out about aside from cosplay Look, the two the two main series that I grew up on are Star Trek and Star Wars. Now, Star Trek I just I just love all the shows and everything. For Star Wars it's really honestly it's the music.
0: Yeah. I
1: grew up on the music of John Williams and from what I hear he has just signed on for episode eight, so I'm very happy to hear oh, that. Excellent. So very productive at eighty four years of age. Yeah, right. You know, he just won a, the AFI uh, Lifetime Achievement Award yesterday. Oh.
0: Congratulations, so, John Williams.
1: <laughs> yeah. John is the maestro in my book, you know, I love my composer Vassilis, but yeah, John Williams is the reason why I'm a filmmaker. So I very much love the music of Star Wars, and that's one reason why I probably geek out more about Star Wars in that sense. You know, I like the fact that also it's like a um what call it? a saga. It's a saga. It has a beginning, middle, and end. It's a story about Anakin Skywalker, and I'm still sticking to that for the Episode Seven, Eight, and Nine. I have a theory okay. about Ray.
0: Do you want? Please share. Are you are you in the? She's a reincarnated Anakin. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, and that way then it is still the story of Anakin Skywalker. Because if you think about it, Episode one, two, and three about the rise and fall of Anakin, right? And then four, five, and six are about his redemption. So now you have seven, eight, and nine. If he, if he's the reincarnate, or if she is the reincarnated version of Anakin. Okay. I want to see where they take that. That's my own... That's what I want. And I also like Palpatine. I hope he comes back somehow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you just like villains.
1: Right, yeah, I know. But you know what? Look, look, look. Just like Dark Annie, um, I, I I think of her as a tragic character. Because there's stuff that du- that's Dunder and Occupants that... She didn't deserve to be you know, to have happened to her. I, I cannot spoil the film, but let's just say I, I really feel for her for this woman because she went over the edge for some reason and it's not her doing. Anakin Skywalker, I kinda of feel like the same way. He was pushed around by Palpatine, by the Jedi, by everybody was just trying to get something out of him, you know. Okay. And then he kind of went loco and you know, <laughs> the dark side. And then he killed the younglings. Well, yeah, he's done some not-so-nice things. I totally understand that part of it.
0: Well, what's what's interesting is that you bring this up. And uh, just to tie this back into occupants a little bit, you talk about how Annie starts to doubt herself, doubt her husband, and how dark Annie is just... Things happen to her that she can't necessarily control. It reminds me of a line... From the second season of Netflix's Daredevil.
1: Oh, up that.
0: Where the Punisher is talking to Matt and he just goes, You're one bad day from being me. Yeah. And it's like, it kind of makes you think that Annie is just one bad day away from being Dark Annie. Yeah. And it's really kind of, it's really interesting how we can just walk these lines where... One decision or one catastrophe can just change our
1: entire world. Yeah, that's true. If you also uh, look at occupants, and we did this on purpose. If you look at Annie and Neil Curtis, there are dark tendencies to them. It does exist. You know, Neil is not exactly. You know, he's a little bit pushy. Neil Curtis. So it. You know, that tendency is there. It is there. It does exist. And guess what? I, I Annie Curtis is the main character of the film. Right. Right. She's also the instigator of all this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's not like she has a free pass. in <laughs> What happens to to them? She sort of instigated this, you know. So who is who's truly the villain here? You know, and that's where occupants kind of blends everything together. Yeah. You know, and that's why I love this film. It's a, it's a psychological piece. It's truly psychological. No no it's not binary it's not zeros and ones it's shades of gray. That's why I love this film. It's it's not white hats black hats.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And re- I wanted to mention it is a found footage film which normally I hate the genre because it's it a lot of times it's shaky cam. Yeah. And you did found footage film that m- and a, I never got nauseated. <laughs> I, never wow. got, I, never, I never got dizzy uh, because the the point of view is from stationary cameras set up for a in-home documentary. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you finding a novel way to do this that
1: didn't make me want to vomit. You're welcome. <laughs> and, you know, but it's, it's funny you say that because uh, my friend and I, we watched Cloverfield. And she did get very nauseated. Fortunately, I didn't, but she did. And uh, you know, just just a, just a little a little kudos to Cloverfield, though. They, Cloverfield did give me the idea for viral marketing. Just FYI, oh, because yeah. now we have a comic book tie-in to the film, being drawn by a DC Marvel Comics artist, Dave Beatty. Um, you know, the um, the editor is Eric Kask. Anyway, they and then we have a we have the peterson research institute site and you can find it on the web and again i a lot of this was i was inspired by cloverfield because they did a viral marketing campaign with slush Cola and taraguto if you remember this is 2008 and it really got me interested in watching the film because of the viral marketing so we're trying to emulate that with the comic book tie-in and you know you talk sequels and whatnot where i want to see how much demand there is, you know. That's why the comic book is kind of a test, if you will. Okay. Um. Anybody out there, if you go to occupantsthemovie.com, occupants plural, uh, there's a link to the comic book campaign, and even though it's over, you can still buy it. Okay. Uh, you can get a copy for ten bucks. You just yeah. go and click on it. So.
0: And it's very rare that you can find a, a comic book graphic novel for ten bucks these days. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know it's usually three, but it's okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> because we're not exactly selling it per se. This is just uh uh to you know, to wet wet our feet, you know, to see if there is demand. Because if there is, then we could supply. Now for the Indie campaign, we are talking about crowdfunding, right? The feature film we raised 106%. Now with the comic book, we raised 218%. Oh wow. So, we know that it does exist, and at Phoenix Comic Con, our um, Dave Beatty, our artist, and uh, Al Sparrow, our letterer, they were there too. They had a table, and uh, you know, we kind of promoted the comic book as at the same time we, you know, were promoting the film itself.
0: Yeah. Okay, excellent. Well, everyone, go pick that up. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> no. uh, and again, all the links will be in the show notes. So we have a question here at Dumbbells and Dragons that we ask everyone, and it is, what did you do to work out, nerd out this week? And you already answered, you went to the gym today to de-stress and get all that energy out. What did you do to nerd out this week? Is there anything that
1: you especially nerded out
0: on? (sighs) What did I nerd out on?
1: I think I nerded out on uh, the fact that John Williams is doing Star Wars Episode Eight, (laughs) Player One, and Indiana Jones Five because you know what? I geek out about that stuff. But I also nerded out on um, all the photos that we took at Phoenix Comic Con. Yeah, and I did post them. I mean, I we saw some really fascinating characters. Like I was able to uh, hold the Captain America shield. It was a thousand bucks. We didn't buy it, but you know, I, I you know my my writer Julia Cameron and I—we were just going all over. We we're geeking out at this, you know, at the, the convention, and we were taking all these photos. So I took one with the shield. I took one with this really tall guy. I mean, really tall. Of course, he's not that tall. He's on stilts. The stilts. But it's like all these these outfits—they're incredible. So I was geeking out on, I guess, the, from reminiscing. Okay. Well, I am
0: excited to to unleash my cosplay this year at Comic Con. It's going to be awesome. I'm not telling anybody what it is. But uh,
1: it, it's not—it's not Spider-Man, is it? It's I mean, not.
0: I'm—I'm I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. You can see we're—we're we're doing this a vi- on video, and in my office I have every single one sheet from Spider-Man yeah. Two.
1: Oh wow! Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh wow! And Spider-Man Two, by the way, is one of my favorite superhero films. It is it's... an incredible film. It's something about it. It just worked. It worked really well.
0: For specific Spider-Man films, I definitely think it's the best of the five. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you include uh, Andrew Garfield's amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. But Spider-Man has always resonated with me. I'm huge Spider-Man fan. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Spider-Man Homecoming. Because uh, Tom Holland... Have you seen Civil War yet? Oh, yeah. And he's, pretty, he's really good. He's really, really good. <laughs> he is the first actor to nail both peter parker and spider-man yeah and i just i i'm super excited and now that's what i'm nerding out about (laughs) but uh, my workout nerd out is i did go to the gym today as well and i also uh we are recording this on june 10th i'm about to go see warcraft Oh nice. So I'm, I'm I, I've never played any of the games. They're just they just never appealed to me. But I'm I'm excited for the movie. I'm going with a bunch of WoW players, so
1: should be a good time. Oh, excellent. Yeah, put up a review.
0: Yeah. Um I, I remember listening to the, the TG Geeks podcast with with
1: Brianna White. She's a gamer. Yes, she is. Yeah. Um do you know if she plays WoW? I don't know. I mean, that's a question you got to ask her. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Maybe I will. Um, Is there any place
0: anybody can see occupants now if
1: they're not in Florida or not? In San Diego? Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, Brianna will be there in San Diego.
0: Oh, So I ask
1: her a lot of these questions. Um, I just like we are also going to be at the Shore Leave. It's a fan-run Star Trek convention. That's okay. in Baltimore, Maryland, and that's July 15th through 17th. So there will be a screening there at their film festival. It's okay. so called it the Shore Leave Alternate, Alternative Film Festival. Yeah, we're also going to be at the Action on Film International Film Festival in Monrovia, California. And that runs September 2nd through 10th. We just got our official letter. Uh, so, two days ago, I think. So no, thank you. So there will be a screening. It will be on Blu-ray. It will be, be at the Krikorian theaters there. Okay. So it'll be on the big screen. So anybody really wants to see it, and they want to see it with good sound, visuals, and whatnot. That's and they're here local. We're both local in yeah. the Los Angeles-ish area. <laughs> uh, that's our next local event, and okay. that's where you can see the the film.
0: Um, are there plans to release this on demand at some point?
1: Oh well, yes. We're talking to distributors right now. Okay. Um, I... That that's the purview of uh, the producer. Uh, okay. Ash, you know, he handles all that. But trust me, that is happening as we speak too. That's so my right. job is, I guess, I I, I just uh, want to uh, for publicity, like uh, like what you're doing with me, and yeah. thank you for having me on. But you know, I just I my job, I guess, is to get the word out there, uh, make sure that there is a demand for the film, and then the producer's job is to sell the film. So he's working on that aspect while I'm doing what we're doing.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Um. I just have one one kind of towards the wrap up question. What being an independent filmmaker sometimes it's got to be difficult. What gets you up and motivated to keep doing this
1: to make bigger, better, badder movies? You know, I, I look. I I grew up playing Legos. I love Legos. I. Well, I'll tell you, I still play Lego.
0: (laughs) Real real quick. I I just bought myself a new Lego set yesterday. Amazon's delivering it tomorrow. So I'm super
1: excited. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. Nice. I actually have a Star Wars one. Nice. I have to still assemble it. But, um, No, uh, just like Legos, it's like everything we do, including this interview, is part of this step of bringing a film to life and fruition. You know, what we did at Phoenix Comic Con, you know, just uh, the principal photography, working with the composer who I worked with. He was in Spain. I was here in Los Angeles. And I'm telling you, digital internet internet age is incredible because you can do this without even meeting the person. I'm going to meet him finally. At uh, Florida Supercon, so awesome. just everything about this, just just everything. I mean everything. Just seeing an incredible performance. When when there was a there's a scene in the film, it's scene 69. I'm not gonna say anything else, but let's say when I when that shot, it took five hours to shoot. It has real Annie and parallel Annie. That much I'll say. Oh, I think you know which scene it is, but. When it went – and their performance, you know, and they interacted. And when it worked, I was like, yes, and that's when it's worth it. That's when it's worth waking up every morning because, yeah, it's very difficult. I spent two years of my life on this film. I did not know we are going to get, you know, the second place best of the festival. I didn't know what we are going to have. I'm answerable to my investors. I'm answerable to my producer. It's It's a hard job, yeah. But it is so rewarding when it works. It is so rewarding. I'm telling you, it's just – an incredible feeling. I just love this. And I will keep continuing, continuing to do this to the end of my days and excellent. probably after that. <laughs> and I'm sure my parallel selves are doing that too. <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that.
0: Uh, I'm excited to check out some of your other stuff because if it's half as good as Occupants, then I know I'm just going to enjoy it immensely. Uh, thank you. Um, so let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, oh, where can people connect with you or connect with the movie uh, social media
1: wise? Well, again, um, occupantsthemovie.com. That's our official website. So it's occupants plural the movie.com and you go there you'll see links to instagram uh to twitter to facebook especially facebook we're very very uh i guess fanatical about facebook if you will you know okay. we're very, yeah we, we definitely keep that page up to date so you go there you can interact with us and you can leave a comment i'm you know we're pretty good at answering and um we have a youtube channel and yeah that's how you can connect. Just go to the website.
0: Excellent. And I will I will include links to all those, to the website and to all the individual uh, social medias for everybody out there. And lastly, what parting advice do you have for everyone out there listening to this podcast?
1: Well, um, stay healthy. <laughs> definitely helps with uh, outlook on life. Um, You know, if I I didn't exercise, go to the gym, I also walk in the Bolsa Chica wetlands. Um, You know, I like to walk. I don't think I would have the energy to do what I'm doing um, because it can get very stressful. So, you know, you just uh, need to keep yourself healthy. Um, and at the same time for any aspiring filmmakers, just go make a film, just do it. You know, I went to USC. Yeah. But you don't have to go to film school. I meant, uh, if you know the old story, Spielberg himself got rejected from USC cinema school.
0: Okay. I did not. Yeah. Know that.
1: got rejected. And I think by getting rejected, it helped him make yeah. the films that he's doing. So you don't have to go to film school. Um, just go out there and make it. i mean, in the digital age of 2016, you can make a film on your phone.
0: <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's one thing that in the past week I've had 3 or 4 people say if you want to be a filmmaker start making film. Yeah. Everyone's got a cell phone in their pocket and I don't know why people still have
1: excuses about why they're not being a filmmaker. It's it's not easy. It's not easy, but you know, just like when I did my first feature film with those actors I mentioned and yeah I was very nervous don't get me wrong I was incredibly nervous but I'm like I'm in a position to do a feature film with these actors how many people can say that yeah and I know I knew that so I'm like I don't care I'm gonna do it and I don't care if my only days off are Christmas and New Year's I'm still gonna do it and I did it excellent. so just go do it is what I say just do it just take the plunge excellent well
0: Russ, thank you so much for giving me uh, part of your day today. Absolutely appreciate it. Thank you for being an amazing guest on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And to everyone else out there, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this. Hope we will see you at one of these Comic-Cons. I hope I see you at uh, Comic-Con International in San Diego at the Occupant Screening, everybody. Remember the password. Um, and other than that... I remember and i will see you there kenneth so yes you will and you guys russ is gonna beat you to these prizes so you need to show up early to the screening (laughs) all right (laughs) other than that workout nerd out everybody have a great rest of your day thank you again